Hi, and welcome to episode 25 of Paintbrush and Ivories. It's Michelle Walker here, and I just wanted to let you know that at the end of this episode, I'm going to be sharing some information about an exciting event I've got coming up, Money Mojo for Artists 7 Day Challenge. And of course, it goes for eight days. So stay tuned for that. Now back to episode 25. Welcome to Paintbrush and Ivories, the podcast for artists, curious creatives and art lovers that connects creativity with the heart and soul. I'm Michelle Walker and I'm here with my creative soul sister, Jennifer Ruth Russell. Hey, Jen. Hi. So good to be here. Are you ready to rock and roll? I am ready to rock and roll, my friend. Okay, so (laughs) we're in the beautiful month of May and I know having spoken to you in the last couple of weeks that you got to enjoy a beautiful Mother's Day. And this is your month as your birthday comes up towards the end of this month. So let's talk about the month of May and the beautiful creativity that we get from, you know, this thing we call the great mother. You know, we celebrate our biological mother and we celebrate all sorts of our community and social mums on Mother's Day. Tell me what was Mother's Day like for you this year? It was just a beautiful, simple day. I think Mother's Day also is a day of celebrating Mother Earth. Yeah. Um, And so we were outside. We just had a simple barbecue. And my son came over with a big bouquet of flowers and a bottle of wine. And we just had a wonderful time. A very simple time, but very meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just wonderful. I guess... I don't make a big deal. I mean, America has totally commercialized Mother's Day to the extent that it's just like uh, on the street corner, you can buy a very gaudy kind of decoration with maybe one flower in it. And that's something you can take to your mother. And I'm just like, come on. It's really not about that. It's really about just celebrating this wonderful nurture part of mother (laughs) is what I think Mother's Day is. Did you celebrate it this year? Did you celebrate Mother's Day in any way? I did. We went and I got some art materials. And while I was buying my art materials, I bought myself a bunch of flowers. And I thought about all my sister girlfriends that are mothers or have mothering energy in their lives, you know, supporting others, supporting their communities, doing really important nurture work. And for me, Mother's Day is all about creativity. You know, that's the divine creative process, is it not? Creation Mm -hmm. of of a life. And I think there's a lot of connection for us in the way that we think about how we nurture and, and support ourselves as artists and that alignment with the whole process of what we would think of as as mothering. And for me, just like you said, Mother Earth is a really big part of my thoughts when I think about creativity and when I think about the mother energy. Absolutely. And you know, isn't it interesting that if any of you study the chakras, the sacral chakra is the womb chakra, and it is also our center for creativity. Very connected. All of it's connected. It is. And I know you're connected in your work with Mother Earth, but you're also connected with Mother Mary. Tell us a bit about how that brings itself into the beauty of what you do. Well, I have to say this, that any beautiful angelic being or elemental being, to me, being outside is the best way to connect. And Mother Mary has been a very close friend and a mentor to me for 
Wow, it's been over nine years now. And the spiritual experience with her absolutely fuels, I mean, all my books have been written with her and the songs have been written with her um, or she'll instruct me to do a light song with this intent for this purpose. So it's become part of my creative process and it's very fulfilling. It's almost like having the perfect mother <laughs> who is also <laughs> your cheerleader, the way that we would probably want our earthly mothers to be, mm. but also just like someone that's always in your court and saying, yes, a little bit of nudging here or there. And I never feel that place of criticism at all with Mother Mary. It's just a place of encouragement and nourishment. So may we all be nurtured that way in our creativity. Yes. Yeah. And some of that for me um, in my journey has been recognizing perhaps what I wanted from that earthly mother and didn't receive mm -hmm. and then how that made me feel and then what I need to do for myself. You know, how do I take care to nurture my own needs in terms of creativity and, and my heart in general, because that is so intimately linked to my creative process. Like we know you'd said no criticism, which is a, an absence of criticism is a, can be a real gift. That sense of being wholly seen and wholly supported mm -hmm. is probably one of the most incredible gifts you can get from anyone, whether it's a spiritual guide or a human, you know, friend who is your earthly mother, you know, that's, that is a fantastic thing. I have some specific thoughts about my own experience. And I know that some people may relate to some of this is that I had a very strong, like loud megaphone, loud inner critic. Mm -hmm. And part of that was adopted because my my earthly mother was in a very critical personality. She was a school teacher and she kind of school mommed us <laughs> when we were kids. Um, we, we were constantly being told if we were wrong and what we were doing wrong and how we needed to do, you know, being chastised and disciplined. She had no problem with discipline at all. Mm -hmm. So part of that when you've got a bit of a tender heart can be, can be difficult and I have this incredible gratitude to my earthly mother for having nurtured quite a lot of my creativity and also put me right in the middle of nature because she had such a love of Lamington National Park. We spent a lot of our school holidays up there. And so I got to really just roam in the bush by myself. There was a, it was a real safety in the life of those holidays in, in the national park. There was never anything to be fearful of. There was never any, you know, social or safety issues. We could just do whatever we wanted. Well, it was an incredible gift. But she also gave me some pretty strong, harsh messages, one of which was I'm tone deaf, apparently, according to my musical mother. So it's been, you know, and I know I've said this before, it's the last arena of my creative expression that I have got on my bucket list that I will get to. But it's interesting for us to reflect as creatives where some of that natural nurturing comes from and where some of that natural criticism can come from. And it, it mm -hmm. can be from mothering figures like our earthly mother or some of our mentors and teachers that we've come across. How was it for you growing up, Jen? You know, I had a really strong mother 
And I say that in the appreciation today, I didn't always appreciate it, but she was filled with awe and wonder uh, in the natural world. She mm. always knew the names of plants and birds. And my brother, in fact, records to this day every bird that he's ever seen and his sons do the same. Yeah, I know that's because of my mom. Do you, do you know that there's a name for that? Twitches mm. and tickers. <laughs> I love it. As a, from one bird watcher to another. Sorry to interrupt. That's Keep great. going. <laughs> that's great. And also, I remember in my teen years, just button heads with my mom. You know, she was a piano player, right? So I, from a little wee one, I would sit on the piano bench with her and watch her. She was a great stride piano player. So I'd watch her left hand go crazy and she'd sing and play very similar to what I do, but in her own style. And she never criticized the music. There was It was everything else. You know, it was like she was very conservative. So when she saw my first bikini, she just like hit, hit the ceiling, right? So she, she was strong. And I remember when I was 16, I had spent a lot of time away from my family because I was in boarding school in Ethiopia. And then as a teenager, I came back to live with my family, which in some ways was excruciating because I already had my freedom. <laughs> and I remember her looking at me one day and saying, either you or I are going to need to leave this house, right? Oh, of course, wow. I was the only showdown. 16. Yes. And I was just speaking about this the other day. I'm so grateful that she was strong because when I pushed against her, she pushed back. And yeah. I do know some of my cousins weren't so fortunate. They pushed against their mom and she fell down. That has also its non, well, let me just say it has its after effect of not feeling mm -hmm. like, wow, I can be strong. I can be a strong woman and it's going to be okay because here's somebody that's pushing back on me. Mm -hmm. But I have to say that my mom would have a way because Sunday nights was our night when we were home. There was nobody else in the house. And my mom would say, she would get the kerosene lamp going and she'd get the little cooker that was also made out of kerosene. We'd heat up some tomato soup and have grilled cheese sandwiches. And she would say, we can do anything. It's just us. And that is such a creative <laughs> statement, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, we can do anything with this night. It's just us here. Because we always would have people around helping. And, you know, we always had a line outside our front door for people that needed help. But that was like one time in the week that it was like, let's explore and do something fun together. And we would get pots and pans out and bang on them. <sighs> you know, my mom played the trumpet. My two older siblings played the trumpet. My sister Beth played the violin and I played the flute as well. And we would just like do crazy stuff. And it was very creative. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That just sounds ideal to me. And I had a very similar experience of being on the piano stool with my mum, but not such a good kind of end point. She just, I would ask her, she was a music teacher and she played about 15 instruments. You know, she was wow. really accomplished and flute was her number one and piano. They were her two as well. I remember seeing there trying to play Elephant Walk. Do you know that piece of music? Yes. Is it Henry Mancini? I'm not sure. Da, 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 da. And I was <laughs> I was trying to play it and she looked at me, she sort of shoved me over, she played it, and then she got up and left. And I remember oh. thinking, and I went back to sort of trying to do it with my fingers. So I, I just felt crushed by 
she could do it. She was so capable and I was not that. And that was a really interesting experience. And my my journey with learning piano was fairly short. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, it must have given you, it, it must have been also the catalyst that said, oh, I don't think I'm going to go here. I think I'll go over towards the, the visual arts. Absolutely. And, you know, I had, I think the ability to be nurtured by both my mother and my father in different ways with other types of creativity was just, you know, so powerful. And I used to do pottery with my mum and, you know, I remember trying wheel throwing and hand building and I was right into that. Like there's something fabulous about putting your hands in clay and she was into that. That was a strong part of a connected activity that we did into my teen years. We used to meet up even though it was kind of, you know, managed around custody access and all that sort of stuff, I'd sort of got a little bit older and I was a bit beyond that. And we would meet up and have pottery classes together. And I watched my mum do different creative pursuits. So she was an extremely good seamstress, but she was also right into woodworking. And what of those capable love to love to learn? And I think that was something that really was modelled for me and that I have taken on board, absolutely. And I feel that part of what I had to resolve for my creative process was coming to some kind of relationship with that inner critic which I had absorbed from her Mm -hmm. and being okay with it and being actually comfortable with it as not a, a leader of the band but part of the ensemble that happens And actually finding myself being able to say not an emotional reaction of devastation or feeling bad about myself, but actually being able to hear the inner voice that might be critical and say, yes, thank you. And Mm -hmm. here's what else might be possible or here's here's what else I feel could be true and I'm going to go in this direction. Although I always had creative pursuits on the side I never took myself seriously as an artist until the last few years you have such an amazing story and I just want to say this to you because I've heard you sing and you definitely are not toned up and anybody out there that thinks that they're toned up there's not such a thing because if your melody if the song that you sing is only one note it doesn't matter yeah. because the whole purpose for singing is really to just balance your brain it's to give you that feeling of joy and to make a joyful noise. It's not really to get on the Carnegie Hall stage and impress the world. I really want you to hear this because it singing is for everybody and it really is a sweet gift. And I'm glad that you got pushed into visual arts because you are so gifted there. But just know there's nothing wrong with your voice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thank you. And I think that Where I've come to rest with that is, you're right, I don't have any aspirations of being able to get up and sing in a choir. But, man, I love it when yoga does spiritual chanting or spiritual songs in Sanskrit. There is something physiological that happens to me when I open my voice and let Mm -hmm. that sound out, and I recognise that. And I've... Just recently, because we've moved to a new town and I've recently found a new yoga class that I go to and part of it is song. And I think because my upbringing was pretty non-religious, so we didn't go to Sunday school, um, we didn't go to Sunday service, we didn't do the hymns and so forth. 
That is one thing that I feel like is the joy of that experience that I didn't get is that communal song making and communal Mm. music making. And I don't have any problems with not having gone to church per se, and I found my own way to my own spiritual practice, but I recognise that that joy coming out in song, in music, in melody, it is brilliant. You know, it really does good stuff for you. (laughs) Oh, it does. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. And if there is a song, like I know that you love the song Amazing Grace, Mm -hmm. when I hear some of the old, old hymns, I just start to cry. They just hit something within me that just is like, oh, just yeah. it just goes right to to your gut, to your womb, to your to your whole center. Like, wow, I, I recognize the beauty and and sound is the beginning of creation, sound and light, right? So yep. of course, sound, even if you only hum to yourself, if you hum and find the hum that feels at home to you, it will heal your body. It will heal your heart. It will heal heal your relationships. Anything you want to heal, your finances, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you need to heal, it will. That is so true. And I feel that what you just said about being brought to tears by listening to music, that is why I have such a connection to Amazing Grace is I heard, and I'm this is sort of 30 years ago and I can't recall who it was that was singing it, but someone did a rendition of Amazing Grace and I actually had a whole let go emotional response to it because of the sheer beauty of it. And I've had that a couple of times in my life. Someone sang Ave Maria in a wedding that I went to from the back, what do you call the mezzanine, the back mm-hmm. sort of upper level across the sort of heads and the crowns of the congregation for the wedding ceremony. And honestly, it was one of the most exquisite things I had heard. And I, I, I get why people are so impassioned about like the three tenors and, you know, their voice and what their voice does to people when it's, you know, so powerful and so, so beautiful. And I, I love that your permission giving that you just gave me, I received that gift. Thank you, Jennifer. I think that that is part of what we're doing when we're embracing our nurturing energy, the nurturing side of ourselves for our creativity is mm-hmm. the permission, is being able to be okay with what we're doing and where we're at and what we're on the journey towards rather than being so fixated sometimes on destinations, but being okay right now and finding our way as we go along. I think that's a real important part. And so permission and you also mentioned play, you know, this idea of possibilities on a Sunday night when everyone else was sort of not there and it was just you and you were doing your tomato soup. I just love that, you know, the ability to play with possibilities. Mm-hmm. Have the blank canvas of mm. of time, you mm-hmm. know, is another beautiful gift of creativity. I have to say before we move on from this subject is that Ava Maria is actually Mother Mary's song. So we all have a song, but it's her keynote, which means as soon as you hear that song, you're connected to her heart. It absolutely brings you into the presence of the Divine Mother. And that's Mm -hmm. why we feel so nurtured when we listen to that song, which is a beautiful gift that she's given us. Thank you. I did not know. I did not understand the significance of it for Mother Mary. I feel that, you know, one of the things that 
has helped me on my journey has been really addressing some of the almost grieving and loss that I had to do and having done some of that around my relationship with my mum it has been a beautiful thing for I can see it coming back in great waves of joy and possibility for myself over the years since I looked at that aspect and I know that there's a lot of people can carry a lot of stuff around their relationship with their mum and parents in general so I think that that has been a critical part of journeying towards permission and play and feeling like I can do those things with great ability yes yes we have to all come to this place where we say okay I need to parent myself. (laughs) I need to create this perfect mother, perfect father within me, because when you do that, then you become the precious child that gets to play. Mm -hmm. You get to be that freedom of exploration and get to be in that place of full discovery and awe and wonder of your, of your child, which we all are. We're all children anyway. Right. But, Mm -hmm. but when you take the time which you have done, I know I have done, and many of us have done. But if you haven't done it yet, I'm saying do it because it is when you come to peace with your physical mother, there is such a beautiful transcendent thing that happens when you realize that you can be mothered from a transcendent place. You don't need your mother to change, your earthly mother to really change and be somebody else. (laughs) But you can accept her. And that sweetness of accepting your mother the way she came, the way, and all of her problems, and some of them can be extreme. Yeah. That is, to me, when we start really finding the beauty of being able to be that perfect, playful, creative being. Yeah, yeah. And that it's really interesting, isn't it, because I feel that in becoming our own, what we need for ourselves as sort of the inner mother and inner father in order to allow ourselves to open and create as the perfect child that we are, we need to let go of some of the expectations that we either had of our earthly parents or that we have absorbed and internalised and Mm -hmm. recognising those and releasing those is really, really a big part, I think, of that arc of of healing and the arc of coming home to ourselves and remembering that the security is within it's not from any any external source Mm -hmm. the security and the inspiration yeah I love that you said that because to me that's individual work that we all have to do Mm. you know I do have that inner critic that's very strong too and I recognize it now First, as my mother's voice, that's really not my mother anymore, you know, that I have decided that she's that's not going to represent who she is. I'd rather remember the Sunday nights that it's just us here. What are we going to do with this time? You know, and also I remember my mother saying to me, you can do anything you want to anything that you choose to do, you can do. How come she said that to me? You know, I mean, I just love that she said that to me. It's such an an advanced perspective Mm -hmm. on life because Lots of conditioning and limitations might have been a possible way that she absolutely framed life up for you. Mm. Yeah. I give thanks for that every day. Yeah. 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 Well, it's your birthday later on this month and we won't see you before. 
<laughs> we won't be back. We won't be back connected via the podcast. You're celebrating on the 29th. Is that right? You know, I am celebrating here. It's a Sunday and I was invited to sing at Ventura Center for Spiritual Living, which will be just a delight for me because it's right on the ocean. And I'm just going to spend some time with that beautiful Mm -mm. mama ocean. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I am celebrating. I'm grateful to celebrate. And I, I don't know, I'm not really into the age thing, but we are eternal. We're going to live forever, even if we're not here on this planet, but, um, I appreciate all of it. Mm. Even the wrinkles on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Telltale lines of life well lived and joy. I also want to share with everyone before we finish up today, something that's going on that I'm offering starting at the end of this month. So again, this will be happening before you hear the next podcast. And that's the Money Mojo for Artists seven-day challenge. And I'll be putting that information for how you can sign up is going to be available on my Instagram and on my links web page. And you can join me because one of the things that I feel very passionate about, and we've spoken, Jennifer and I have spoken about this before on episodes in the past, getting more freedom around your money is not about becoming overly commercial or chasing the almighty dollar. It's actually about just being profitable, which is meaning you're more sustainable in your life and as your artistry. And you know how passionate Jennifer and I are about supporting everyone out there who listens in you expressing the divine you, you expressing and how you need to be in the world. So this opportunity will be available. Money Mojo for Artists Seven Day Challenge. You can get the information. I'll put the links in the show notes. But if you follow me on Instagram, you can come and join me there. And hopefully, we'll have Jennifer as part of the group. Absolutely. I want to encourage everybody to come because it's going to be an amazing time. Michelle, you are a fabulous teacher of all that you know. And I know you're pulling out all the stops for this. And um, I just encourage everybody to come and join us. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really excited about some of the things that we're going to be talking through and working through. And, you know, it's going to be part gentle, part poke. You know, you're going to have a little bit of a challenge and a little bit of a gentle journey. So it starts, if you're in Australia or Great Britain, it will be starting on Tuesday the 31st. But if you're listening and you're, you're in the US or Canada, North America, it will actually be starting Monday the 30th in your part of the world. So we just have to manage the time zone thing a little bit because I'm going to be talking from Australian time and that might be a little bit confusing for those who are in North America. But we, we can get over it. it. I know. <laughs> we are, we're becoming more global citizens, are we not? That's right. We have to figure and out the always, time zone. You're always so good at, you know, accepting us here that we, we kind of think everybody should be on our time zone. So I appreciate that about all Australians and those in the other parts of the world. So it's time for us to catch up and go on to worldbuddy.com, right? (laughs) That's a wonderful app that just tells you what time it is wherever you need to know. such a critical part of my life is having a time zone converter these days. All right. Well, (laughs) thank you for joining me for this lovely conversation, Jen. Happy birthday for the 29th. May it be a blessed one. And I look forward to being back here, having a chat to you very soon. Thank you. I can't wait. Thanks so much. And I wish you the very best with the seven-day challenge. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye, everyone.